0: Listen to any earnings call with the Borsa Earnings Call mobile app now available on the App Store. Check the show notes for the download link. Good afternoon. My name is Chris and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to Sonos' fourth quarter and fiscal 2018 earnings call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question at this time, simply press star, followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, please press the pound
1: key. Thank you. Mike Groeninger, you may begin the conference. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, and welcome to Sonos' fourth quarter 2018 earnings conference call. I'm Mike Groninger, VP of Corporate Finance, and with me today are Sonos CEO, Patrick Spence, and CFO, Mike Giannetto. For those joining the call early, today's hold music was the Q4 playlist included in our shareholder letter. The all-female playlist was inspired by Sonos' participation in the Grace Hopper Celebration in October, which has become the world's largest gathering of women in technology. Before I hand it over to Patrick, I'd like to remind everyone that today's discussion will include forward-looking statements regarding future events and our future financial performance. These statements reflect our views as of today only and should not be considered as representing our views of any subsequent date. These statements are also subject to material risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from expectations reflected in the forward-looking statements. A discussion of these risk factors is fully detailed under the caption risk factors in our filings with the SEC. During this call, we will also refer to non-GAAP financial measures, including adjusted EBITDA and adjusted EBITDA margin, for complete information regarding our non-GAAP financial information and a quantitative reconciliation of those measures please refer to today's shareholder letter regarding our fourth quarter fiscal 2018 results posted to the investor relations portion of our website. With that, I'll turn it over to Patrick Spess.
2: Thanks, Mike, and hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, I hope you've had a chance to review uh, the letter, our shareholder letter that Mike referenced. We'll continue to provide a lot of color uh, in our shareholder letters in advance of these calls, so you don't have to sit through uh, the pain of Mike and I reading a set of uh, lengthy prepared remarks, and we can focus largely on your questions. Uh, that said, I just want to highlight three things quickly. First, Q4 was a record-breaking quarter uh, and rounded out a really strong fiscal 2018 for us. For the quarter, we achieved 27% year-on-year, year-over-year revenue growth and 343% year-over-year adjusted EBITDA growth. Um, as we've talked about extensively, the right way to evaluate the progress in our business is on an annual basis, as that really solves for some of that quarter-to-quarter variability that you see. Uh, So more importantly than one quarter's performance is really looking at 2018 overall, and we made great progress. We added 21% more new homes than in the year prior. We sold 29% more products than in the year prior, and we grew our direct-to-consumer revenue by 26% year-over-year. That resulted in 15% year-over-year revenue growth and 24% year-over-year adjusted EBITDA growth. That's our fastest pace of annual revenue growth since fiscal 2014. We added a record number of new homes and we had a record number of existing customers come back and add another Sonos product to their home. And again, as we've talked about many times, unlike anyone else in our space, that's not replacing an existing product of ours, that's adding another Sonos product to their home. As I often say, the lifetime value of a Sonos customer is only limited to the ideas we come up with over the long term. As our customers continue to show their propensity add more and more Sonos to their home over time. Sonos isn't a product, it's a system. Secondly, Beam has been our most successful product launch to date. I'm so proud and thankful of the progress and learning the team is illustrating in making each new product and really each new launch better than the last. Beam has and continues to exceed our expectations. In just a few short months, Beam rocketed to the top of the charts, earning the number one position in dollar share in the US soundbar category. That's unheard of for a $400 product. It's proof that our approach to building products that are meant to last, look and sound great, and are easy to use continues to resonate with customers. Perhaps even more impressively, Playbar, a product we launched more than five years ago at this point, still holds the number three spot in terms of dollar share in the U.S. This is convincing evidence that our product portfolio holds its value over time, a fact that really sets Sonos apart from other companies in the space. And finally, I think all this momentum puts us in an excellent position for fiscal 2019, which will really be a year of both product and business innovation. Given our momentum coming out of fiscal 18, the impressive start for Beam, and the continued performance of our broader portfolio, we're well positioned. We have many promising initiatives in the pipeline that point to a Sonos future that we're all very excited about. Our partnership with IKEA is a notable one. For the first time, we'll deliver an amazing sound experience without producing 100% of the hardware ourselves. It's a demonstration of the flexibility and potential of the Sonos platform and an opportunity to really reimagine sound in the home with one of the world's leaders in decor and design. Another example is Google Assistant, which will be welcoming to the Sonos platform alongside Amazon Alexa in 2019. Uh, I actually have it running in my home, and it's fantastic. Our ambition is to be the world's leading sound experience company. While we'll continue to innovate great listening experiences for the home, we'll expand our focus beyond. Because half of the world's music listening takes place out of the home, and we have a unique opportunity to really bring the magical Sonos experiences to spaces and places that matter to listeners. With that, I'd like to pass it to Mike for a few comments on our fiscal 19 outlook.
3: Thanks, Patrick. Good afternoon, everyone. Before we open up the call for questions, I wanted to share our financial outlook for fiscal 2019 as described in our shareholder letter we issued earlier today. To provide better visibility for investors, we are providing full year 2019 guidance, as well as the first quarter, which ends in December. Our outlook uh, highlights revenue and adjusted EBITDA growth ranges, as these are the metrics we focus on to deliver sustainable, profitable growth. As a reminder, our long-term financial targets are to grow revenue by greater than 10% year after year while growing adjusted EBITDA by at least 20%. So for the full fiscal year ending September 28, uh, 2019, we expect annual revenue in the range of $1.25 billion to $1.2275 billion, or 10 to 12% year-over-year growth. For the full f- fiscal year, we expect annual adjusted EBITDA in the range of $83 to $88 million, or 20 to 27% year over year growth. Uh, In short term, for for uh, our Q1, which we're currently in, which ends this uh, December 29th, we expect revenue in the range of $485 to $495 million, 3 to 6% year-over-year growth. And for Q1, we expect adjusted EBITDA in the range of $66 to $69 million, or 1% to 6% growth year-over-year. With that, we'll open it up for questions.
0: At this time, I would like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. I'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question is from Rod Hall with Goldman Sachs. Your line is open.
4: Hey, guys. Thanks for the question, and uh, nice quarter here. So I wanted to start off, I guess, and ask a little bit about um, beam linearity through the quarter. I'm assuming that you would expect most of the beam demand to come right at the tail end of um December, but I just, you know, want to check that because we haven't had a lot of experience with your seasonal linearity yet. And then I also had a question on China and tariffs. I know that you guys manufacture a lot in China and I wonder if you could just comment on what if any tariff impact you have, have you um contemplated moving out of China, et cetera? Thanks.
3: Yeah, Rod, this is Mike. Uh, I'll take the first one on BEAM in terms of how it flowed through the quarter. Uh, we launched it uh, mid-July. Um, it started out quite strong and continued, quite honestly, throughout the quarter. Um, August is a, generally a slower month uh, for consumer electronics, including ourselves, but it continued to sell well through August, and we saw it uh, pick up nicely in September. So uh, we saw a strong sell-through uh, to end consumers through the end of the quarter, and uh, continue to see uh, reorders from a selling perspective from our from our partners. So pretty strong throughout the quarter.
4: And, Mike, could yeah, you just, maybe oh, – I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say maybe follow up on that. Um, could you just say kind of what your visibility looks like this quarter? Do you think that, you know, is, is your experience by now you've got pretty good predictive capability for the demand as we move through the last, you know, few weeks of the quarter here? or Just kind of give us some idea on that.
3: Yeah, in terms of visibility, I mean, we have visibility into, uh, you know, usual metrics we look at, which is sell-in, consumer end registrations. Um, So we have good visibility through, you know, through yesterday. Um, We all know that the biggest part of the quarter, for this quarter, starts to really ramp up uh, starting next week with Black Friday and for the rest of the, uh, rest of, through December. So we have good visibility. Uh, Things are looking uh, good, which is reflected in our guidance, uh, but still, uh, you know, quite the holiday spike still to come.
2: Yeah, Ron it's Patrick here. The one thing i just add on to that is I think we did a good job as well of exiting the quarter in a uh, healthy inventory position in terms of for a, a new product, you know, not uh, ending with uh, too much inventory in the channel. So a pretty healthy position to be. So uh, beans in a good place from that. And that's what I mean about learnings from each launch, because we executed on that better than we did uh, with the one earlier in the year. On tariffs, uh, definitely something we've been thinking about. Uh, Our core products are not currently impacted by the existing tariffs that are in place, just so everybody's on the same page. We do have a few accessories that have been impacted, but um, that impacts immaterial at this point. Um, uh, I would stress that we definitely uh, do not believe that tariffs are a sound long-term economic policy, and we've been active to try and uh, make sure our views are well known. Uh, that said, we've been evaluating ways to mitigate mitigate um, any short-term impacts of the tariffs. Um, so, you know, we've been thinking about whether we would uh, do something on the price front if we had to. Uh, it's obviously an industry-wide issue, but I think given uh, I think given where we are positioned and our premium positioning, we're in a better spot to actually be able to weather uh, anything like that. And then on the the supply side. Um, Dave and the team have been working uh, very closely with our manufacturing partners to look at uh, options there and make sure that uh, we can uh, figure out a way to uh, ultimately be able to mitigate those as best as possible. So, we've got, you know, kind of efforts on both fronts to make sure that these don't disrupt uh, our long-term plans, and I'm very confident that um, even if they were to come in place, it it might have a short-term impact but won't knock us off our long-term
4: trajectory. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Your next question is from Katie Huberty with Morgan Stanley. Your line is open.
5: Thank you, and congrats on a really strong quarter. You addressed some of this in your shareholder letter, but can you just talk broadly how you're planning to approach the holiday season this year? Last year, competitors led with very low prices, and just wondering – how you can differentiate in ways other than, than prices as we come up on the holiday season. Then of have a follow up.
2: Yeah, I'm sure Katie is Patrick. I'll take that one. You know, I think 2018, you know, if you think about the balance of 2018 and where we landed, uh, there's never been, you know, obviously we executed very well on launching two new products. Uh, we have a strong portfolio, a strong brand, but also there's never been more activity and really attention in the space. And to your point, a lot of it's been at sub $100 price points. And, and we've obviously seen even in um, in Q4, right, a lot of activity on that front. And so our performance and our ability to accelerate both new homes and the number of people that are coming back to buy another Sonos product in existing homes leads me to believe that our view that people will, you know, migrate upwards as they get a taste of, smart speakers and like they we kind of ride this wave that's happening now around streaming music and all the activity that's happening is working because um, you know we've just seen such a great acceleration and I don't see anything right now um, you know from this quarter or from our experience in the previous quarter that lead me to believe that consumers aren't going to long term look for a better experience and a product that lasts and so we're comfortable with where we are right now. You won't see us get overly aggressive. We we do have some promotions focused on uh, one and beam primarily uh, in the holidays that uh, you will see um, and are actually public now. Uh, But for the most part, you know, that's not something we rely on as much. And I think the strength of the portfolio will see itself through. Um, But you will see a little of that. You will see us more active in terms of marketing Um, for sure, but we've learned a lot on that front, and it'll be uh, effective digital marketing, and you've also seen us drive leverage in that area, uh, and we're going to continue to.
5: Okay, thank you for that. And then you mentioned Sonos outside the home. How would you compare that addressable market to the Sonos home market, and is there anything baked into fiscal uh, 19 guidance around outside the home? I know you've talked about Ikea and some other product launches that may be baked into into the numbers but is outside the home in there too. Thanks.
2: Yeah, it, it's Patrick again. We don't have anything baked into the fiscal 2019 uh, plan as it relates to outside the home at this point, uh, but you know we're working – you know, we have a three-year roadmap and we have, uh, we have several products that take us outside the home there, uh, and we do plan to deliver the first one within the next 12 months. So um you know we're thinking step by step i think the opportunity uh you know we often talk about the 175 million people that are paying for streaming music going to 300 million i, I think it's that same group of people if you will and so still contrast that to you know where we are today in terms of the number of homes we have and sub 10 million so it, it's a way to get into more of those people's lives quite frankly and so like, there's kind of two elements one is how do we keep driving that good momentum with the new homes and the new people that are coming into our ecosystem? And so I think some of the new products will help us reach people in a different way. Um, and at the same time, I think the other really compelling thing is that we know the people that are part of our existing home base today will buy, you know, any of the new products we come out, you know, out with, obviously, for competitive reasons, I want to be pretty mindful of where exactly we're going, but, uh, it it's not too hard to figure out the other areas as we aspire to really be um, the leading sound experience company uh,
3: out there.
5: Great. Thank you.
0: Your next question is from Brian Fitzgerald with Jeffries. Your line is open.
3: Thanks. Guys, you've uh, highlighted the opportunity to increase your direct-to-consumer marketing and, and really leverage the marketing expense line. And, and, Patrick, earlier you specifically mentioned digital marketing heading into the fourth quarter. And you're clearly executing there, uh, direct-to-consumer growing 26% year-over-year. So I wanted to know if you could unpack that a bit more and highlight any areas of particular strength or momentum. Um, how quickly are those initiatives scaling in your regard? And, and maybe any formats or channels that are yielding um, uh, the best ROIs for you? Thanks.
2: Yeah, I'll take that one. So, you know, it's been a year of learning as we've gone through that and you've seen the progress and the fact that it's grown faster than any of our other channels. Um, Part of that is the fact that we have a strong uh, base of existing customers that we can tap into uh, and have a good relationship with. And so I think that puts us at an advantage, quite frankly. And so that's one area, for instance, as we introduced Beam, you know, we made that available, uh, specifically on Sonos.com for a short period of time before opening that up, and um, you know, as we've been clear about, that is our best uh, channel. I think for both both education, you know, and being able to clearly get our message out, and also from a, a margin perspective as we look at it. That said, you know, the team's been doing some fantastic uh, jobs, really trying to explore some new areas. So I think last time I, I probably talked about uh, Ron Johnson's company, Enjoy, and and that's been growing and exciting, but as well uh, with Costco in the United States, um, some work that we've been doing um, has yielded some great results. And so that's great. Uh, As we look at it, we've been doing some good stuff with Best Buy. Um, And so like all, all of our channels, I would say, um, we're pretty happy with at this point. I think one thing I've uh, mentioned in the past is we are very careful about where we get distributed. Uh, And you see that in the way we ventured uh, Japan, for instance, and, uh, so I think we're in, a, in good shape distribution-wise. We continue to look at uh, we continue to look at where our audience is shopping and make sure that we're in all the places that they want to be. It's one of the, the reasons that led us to Costco and also uh, to the work with IKEA because I think that's going to be another one um, that holds a lot of promise for fiscal 2019. Uh, but I'm also confident based on our plans that we'll be able to uh, grow direct to consumer. Um, in a, you know, in a faster pace than um, the rest of our business. So that's an area you're going to, con- to continue to see us invest more. and just try, you know, we've just gotten better over last year at seeing what works and doing A-B testing, and, and the team's really stepped up on that front. So um, I'm pretty bullish about our DTC.
0: Great. Thanks, Patrick. Your next question is from Adam Thindall with Raymond James. Your line is open.
6: Okay. Thanks and good afternoon. I just kind of want to continue on that subject. You're obviously generating leverage from controlling sales and marketing expense, but it doesn't seem to be coming with degradation in revenue growth rates, resulting in achievement of your focus on profitable growth. So maybe, Patrick, if you can talk about this balance and what's enabling these two areas, which are kind of typically offsetting levers, why, why doesn't that impact future revenue growth rates? Because it's obviously not implied in your guidance. Just what gives you the confidence on that? I think I think our
2: ability, you know, really we've gotten much more honed in on like where our spend happens and how it impacts real, what our customers do. And, and one of the things we've learned through this, too, is how powerful the evangelism of our products are. And so we know a lot of our customers learn about Sonos from. Uh, other people that have Sonos and are telling them about it and encouraging them to get it as we go through it. And so we've got of been doubling down on how we're able to do that and using that. And the, really the other lever I would say is using um, our, our, uh, er, our earned media efforts this year. I think the benefit is Adam is that with getting on the two product a year cadence allows us to drive a lot more earned media and allows us to get our message out there, um, if you will, and be at the forefront without having to invest necessarily as much in um, in the sales and marketing line to some degree. And so obviously we also have moved from um, some expensive means of advertising that we've done in the past around TV and media. Uh, and so, and moved more to the digital online side of it. And we're just getting a lot better uh, as we've been able to, to do that and, and, You know, we believe that we have more opportunity there and that ultimately, you know, building these great products and providing consumers these great experiences, especially in a market where there's a lot of energy from other companies that are attracting people into the smart, into the smart speaker space. And then, you know, always looking at us as the leader, it actually adds up to a pretty good situation for us where we can ride the wave of what's happening both from others' investments in the space, And for what's happening on the streaming music side of the equation, plus our customer evangelism, plus our leverage from doing a lot more digital investments than than traditional media, I think all adds up to the kind of leverage you're seeing in our model. And, you know, I feel for the long term that the the kind of um, the kind of investments we've talked about for sales and marketing should allow should keep us in a strong brand position.
6: Okay, makes make sense. And just maybe to, a quick follow-up, uh, maybe for Mike on the fiscal '19 adjusted EBITDA guidance. Looks like it implies that leverage is accelerating throughout the year. I think you've got kind of low to mid single-digit growth in Q1, but over 20% growth for the full fiscal year. So, could you just talk about the assumptions underlying this? Is it MLCCs getting better? Are there additional cost savings to be recognized? What, what are the buckets that lead to the uh, li- linearity in the year? Thanks.
3: Sure. Um, So in in terms of uh, just you specifically call it MLCC, which is basically, uh, you know, the shortage that everyone's been seeing in the industry in terms of these electronic parts. Um, We uh, we we have been working on it uh, quite closely, um, feel real good about the supply. We have the supply we need to meet to meet the demand. And from a premium price standpoint, uh, things have gotten better. Um, which we'll see throughout the year. I wouldn't say it necessarily gets better as we go on that, Adam, but um, we, we are in a better spot than we were, uh, which is a good thing. In terms of, you know, the, the shape of the year, uh, you know, in 18, you kind of saw what, what happened in terms of growth, uh, kind of bookends, uh, very high growth Q1 last year, and we just finished, obviously, with 27% growth in this quarter. Uh, in 19, and you can see the guidance for Q1, but you'll see that the, uh, you know, the growth is going to look a little different, more uh, lower on in the beginning in Q1 and on the back end in higher growth in the middle in Q2 and, in Q2, Q2 and Q3. So you'll see that flow through uh, into the EBITDA as well. Um, we still will have a bit of a front end in terms of EBITDA as we do each Q1, which is our, our highest volume quarter. Uh, so that's kind of the way we would see the year kind of flowing from a shape standpoint, and specifically IMLCC, still there, it's still a challenge, but we've been able to knock it down a
6: bit. Okay. Just one quick little clarification on Q1. You talked about the gross margin being lower than the fiscal year range. I know that's typical seasonal, but could you give us a sense of magnitude? Is it mo- more than the previous couple of years where it was like five to 600 basis points declined sequentially? Or I guess why, why are you calling that out specifically? Is it just to get our models – ready for normal seasonality, or is it going to be more than that?
3: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's you know, when we gave the guidance for the year of 40 to 41, you'll see each, if you look back in our history, whether it's 18 or, be, or before, Q1 will be our lowest gross margin quarter, uh, and it really is impacted by the seasonal promotional activity. Uh, so it's no more than that. I would expect it to be below that range of 40 to 41. Um, Nothing really different this year than prior years. It's really about, it's, a, it's the holiday season, it's promotional activity, it's going to start next week. Uh, so actually, uh, our offers are already out there as far as uh, Black, uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So uh, that's really, it's the usual seasonal
0: promotional activity that we see.
6: Got it. That's helpful. Thanks and congrats on the results.
7: Thank you.
0: Your next question is from Matt Shireen with Stiefel. Your line is open.
7: Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, I wanted to just ask uh, concerning the the product categories, uh, uh, specifically um, the uh, the wireless speakers, where you're going to be running into to some tough comps. I know last year you had a very very strong quarter with a with a new product, and here you are, you know, anniversarying that. So could you give us um, uh, sort of expectations? It looks like um, you may be actually down in wireless speakers year over year as you start and and play through the year. And I know. Uh, um, there's plans to come out with some new devices later in fiscal year, uh, but could you just talk about um, what we're thinking in terms of mix there and expectations uh, for growth in that sector?
3: Sure, Matt. It's Mike again. Um, I'm not going to get in specific guidance by category, but just to give you a little color. Um, so Q1-18, uh, we had a very strong growth, uh, 26% uh, that quarter, and that was the first quarter of Sonos One. So real strong year so year over year yeah that's a bit of a tough comp uh, that was when we lo- we launched Sonos One we had big holiday uh period so that's a tough comp and that's of course that's factored into our guidance for Q1 now when you look at the uh, wireless uh you look at the home theater category there we have Beam which just came out in July which um you know has done quite well and we expect that to be a significant growth driver in Q1 and for the rest of the year so home theater will uh you know, we expect home theater to do quite well. Um, in terms of other products uh, that we already announced, we have the Sonos Amp, which will be in the component, our component category, uh, which is launching on a limited basis this quarter and then full launch in our Q2. So, you know, that's an area in terms of, you know, category standpoint that has been, you know, recently either flat or down. Um, we really expect to see that product rejuvenate. That category, um, early uh, you know, reviews and acceptance—it uh, looks very exciting—but we expect that to, to pick up nicely. Um, as far as uh, um, you know, we have IKEA coming out later in the year as well, which um, will, uh, will also be driving growth. But um, yeah, I think that's the, the color I can give you at this point. Um, uh, should be a strong, a strong year for for being with uh, with home theater, and then we have Amp coming out as well.
7: Okay, and, and, and Patrick, uh, as we look uh, to the holiday season, you know, we're seeing a lot of devices, you know, low-priced devices from the big competitors, particularly video-based devices. Do you consider that category a competition where at some point uh, you're going to have to come out with um, um, display-based devices, or is that just sort of a different category um, given, given the quality um, of those products?
2: Yeah, we're watching that ca- category, I'd say, Matt. You know, it, it actually started uh, last year uh, when Amazon introduced the Echo Show as well. Uh, you know, at this point, uh, I don't see our customers being very focused on it. There's, If we go back again to the strategic intent of all the companies that uh, are jumping into the space, I, I would say I think Smart Displays, Uh, certainly make it easier for companies to serve ads if that's their main strategic intent or uh, offer up a list of products for you to go through and shop. But from a overall sound experience, uh, I don't, you know, so far, I I don't, a lot of our customers aren't asking for another screen in their kitchen or their bedroom or these other areas. And so um, I think it remains to be seen how this smart display category will really play out. Uh, We'll keep watching it, but uh, at this point, I haven't seen it get really gaining much traction
0: um, from my perspective.
7: Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. Thanks a lot.
0: Again, ladies and gentlemen, it is star and then one take for a question. This concludes the Q&A portion of the call. I'd now like to turn it back over to Patrick Spence for any closing remarks.
2: All right, thanks. Uh, And thanks again to everybody for attending and for the questions. 2018 was a great year for us. Two new products, uh, our fastest pace of revenue growth since fiscal 2014. Uh, The acceleration on our pace of new homes to a record number and also a record number of existing customers coming back and adding another Sonos product to their home. Uh, This sets us up well for a strong fiscal 19 with our eye on both product and business innovation this year as we stretch beyond where we've traditionally played and look to become the world's leading sound experience company. I would like to take a minute to thank the team for an amazing job in 2018. Um, I couldn't be more honored or proud or thankful to be part of the amazing team at Sonos. And uh, we have a bright future ahead. Uh, finally, I hope everybody takes time to enjoy the playlist we included in this quarter shareholder letter that Mike referenced. Um, And I just add one more from my personal playlist, and that's Mick Jenkins, who just released a new album called Pieces of a Man. Uh, You might recall Mick had a really powerful song and video uh, called Drowning back in 2016. And uh, thanks to my friend Kenny McPherson at Big Deal Music uh, for putting me on to Mick's latest album. Uh, Operator, that's a wrap.
7: This
0: concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.